Hello, and welcome back to the Fancy Fantasy Football Podcast. This is your host, Pat Polk, and I'm here with my usual co-host, Nick Spear. Hello, Nick. Hello there, loser. Oh, we're just going straight for the insults. Cool. Straight to the gullet. Yeah, I am so happy with the outcome of football the past two weeks. I really appreciate (laughs) you going straight for that. It's really fun for me. I don't know know why you'd possibly be upset. Well, Nick, I don't know if you noticed, but for the first time in league history, we had two games that showed up as ties with decimal scoring, and yet they weren't ties, and I lost both of them, and one of them was due to a 0.7 point stat correction uh, several days later. So I, I had a win, and then it was taken away from me with a tie score, and then I lost on a tie score right after that. And that is how my two weeks have been. How have your two weeks been? I'm, I'm on a four game winning streak. Plus I kicked your butt last week, so I'm doing oh, well. Oh yeah. You kicked my butt. It was not even close. <laughs> not even a little close. No, if, not even close. If I had two more passing yards, it would have rounded favorably for me, but I was two passing yards short. <laughs> uh, uh, super cool. That's exciting time. Yeah, so um, it is. We're recording on Black Friday. We uh, so this is kind of a Thanksgiving pod. We have some listener questions uh, from voicemail, so that's pretty fun. And those I think will uh, provide some discussion. So as a result, we probably should cruise through football relatively fast um, so that we can get to these fun, fun questions. Okay. Sure. All right, so let's uh, talk about stupid week 12 with its stupid outcomes. Uh, I'll go bottom to top so we can talk about our game last. Uh, My screen, I have Vance down by the river, 87.1, over the Girly Men, 79.8. So Abby miraculously converted a loss to a win and then won again. So now she's 8-4 and and in third place overall. Annalisa down to 4-8. and uh, any any thoughts on this? Did you realize that Christian McCaffrey is very good at fantasy football? I was not aware that he's so good at fantasy football. Apparently, he's a ninety nine Madden now. Yeah, he is. He's super good. Super good. Way to go. Uh, uh, next, look. Go ahead. Abby's playing herself into a nice little position, uh, made that much easier by your precipitous downfall. So good for her. Man, precipitous seems so unfair. I yeah. Well. They couldn't have been closer. They literally don't even display as a difference. Huh, you know who is also mad about the outcome of our game is Jennifer Murphy. Uh, she lost to your Meg 115.6 to 79.8. If I had beaten you, Jen would still have a chance to get in the playoffs. But because I lost to you, uh, the, the six people in the playoffs are set and cannot be changed. So... Jen is locked out. She has the third most points in the league currently, but she's in seventh place, and that is the highest she can finish is seventh. That's a bad beat. That sucks. She doesn't like it. I'm not going to lie. Not pleased. I might need a, a Jen's rant corner. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe after next week when the season is done, I could uh, get Jen back on here so she can share her, her true feelings. I hope Jen, like, scores a insane amount in this last weekend just to really emphasize the fact that she'll end up with like 
second or third most points in the league and still not make it. That would not make her happier. I don't know if you realize uh, she would be displeased if that were the case. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, what you can do. Yeah. Uh, then now we have was that it's the Pats over good enough and smart enough. Casey, the new first place team, nine and three, uh, 81 to 68.3. By the way, a low scoring week. Meg Collins was the only one to break a hundred. And uh, what's, Oh, we, you and I had 86 points, which were the uh, third and fourth most points. Huh. Uh, so Casey's in first place. Now he traded away all of his excellent quarterbacks and yet he's mm-hmm. still doing okay. Yeah. Better looking than good sometimes. Well, you know, I mean, I didn't give him garbage in return. Uh, so I got Lamar Jackson, which turned out to be very good. Uh, but you know, I gave him Kyler Murray, who is actually not that bad. He has I, like more points than Tom Brady or something like that. I, I <laughs> saw some stats where he was doing better than Tom Brady. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. He's doing well. I mean, uh, to be fair, Casey does still have the fourth most points in the league. So it's not completely anomalous that he's in first place, but he, there's a bit of luck going on there. He certainly has fewer points than Jen. Way down his seventh. That's true. True. Now, the second-to-last match I will discuss. Low, low-scoring affair. This one also made Jen mad, don't mind telling you. You can't beat the Mingo, 68.5, to Peristaltic Chain Reaction, 61. And if you look at the box score, you see that the uh, good old Peristaltic Chain Reaction had Phillips Rivers on Philip Rivers on by starting Melvin Gordon on by starting and Marlon Mack injured starting. So that's three holes in the lineup and he only lost by 7.5 points. So if he even attempted a complete lineup, he would have beaten Gary and that would have been another means by which Jen could have possibly gotten into the playoffs. But instead Gary gets a free victory with a pretty bad score and uh, makes it in the playoffs over Jen. Yeah, I mean, just looking at this, Gary's team just didn't come to play. Saquon Barkley has six points. Jordan Howard goes off for a goose egg. Panthers put up zero. Jimmy Graham goes for a point seven. Like He had a lot of things working against him, and yet still comes up with a victory based on apathy. Yep. Way to go, Alex. You, have, you, you, you didn't win a lot of games, but you certainly had an impact on the final standings. Way to go. <laughs> Last but not least... We've got Bill Swirsky Superfans versus Pat Dead by Meat Heart Attack. Heart Attack misspelled, I presume, by a character limit. Correct. 86 points prevailing over 86 points. I'm very mad. Looks like a clear win to me. Yeah, I think you won by zero, uh, 0.08 points. I believe uh, because of quarterback points... I mine rounded up and yours rounded down, so there's really point zero eight points between our actual scores, even though it mm-hmm. does not display them. To be fair, you need to have bonkers day from Lamar Jackson on Monday night, my birthday of all days, in order to have a shot. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think I was gonna have a shot, and then he scored enough and then he was benched because they were crushing them by too much. It was not a satisfying way to lose. <sighs> He's averaging yeah. 27.9 points a week. He's very good. I remember when I made fun of him at the beginning of the year. That was that was dumb. Which one's dumber? You hate for Lamar Jackson or my uh, distrust of Christian McCaffrey? I would argue 
in my opinion, the mistrust of Christian McCaffrey was more unfounded because he had actually two very good seasons under his belt. And uh, he was like the number, he was a top three running back last year, I think, or top two. He was really high scoring. Whereas Lamar Jackson did not even have a complete season, uh, but he was doing well. I acknowledge when he did play. That fair point. Yeah. I guess I don't trust um, Christian McCaffrey. Seems like a white Reggie Bush. I choose not to respond to that questionable comment. He didn't go to your school. He did not. He did not. No. He, he is good. Despite don't let the video evidence uh, confuse you. He apparently did not attend college. I'm not sure how he made it to the NFL, but good for him. Is that true? Is he accused of not actually attending class or something? Well, no. It's because they had to wipe him from the uh, from the books. So it seems as though he didn't play football in college, even though obviously he did. But I'm willing to bet that he didn't do a whole lot of studying. I mean, Matt Liner took ballroom dancing for his last class. So I'm willing to bet Reggie Bush did something similar. I thought you were talking about Christian McCaffrey. I knew that Reggie Bush had his records wiped. I thought you were saying that they were also similar in that Christian McCaffrey was accused of impropriety with his ah. uh, eligibility. No, because I mean, McCaffrey's have money, so I don't think he's taken was taking money on the side and plus he went to stanford it's not like a booster hotbed yeah um i will say so people made a big deal about the ballroom dancing thing i will defend matt leinhardt slash incriminate myself by saying you were in that class no i wasn't in that class but i did have some fun classes at usc because the way that the semesters worked is you got 18 credits paid for with tuition and most big classes were four credits so you take four real classes but then every semester you had two fun credits that you could use however you wanted and so like almost every semester i had one fun class and so like it did not bother me at all that he took ballroom dancing i took two different video game design classes for two credits i took a japanese water brush painting class for two credits <laughs> I, I took a hand animated hand animation like drawing class i took a photoshop class um, I took a bunch of fun classes with my extra two credits. So ballroom dancing is not beyond the pale. It's, it's just the way the credits work out at USC, I think. Okay. I mean, my school didn't have classes like that. So what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't mean, relate. A lot of people just took 16 credits worth because that was like a full course load. But I, yeah. I challenged myself by taking that Photoshop class. Yeah. I'm sure that was something that you use today every day. Actually, I used some of the things I learned in that class pretty often. Uh, I I learned how to do some good formatting in Photoshop that Photoshop that I still use to this day. Oh, I used it a lot more than I used my J- Japanese watercolor painting or my uh, hand animation class. That's for sure. Well, I can. You don't do a lot of Japanese water brushing. I do not. No, sumie would be the uh, you know technique. Sumie. Anyway, uh, sure. Uh, Nick, how did we do with our bets? So I'm just going to do this live on there. I picked it myself and crushed that one. Uh, we both picked Gary, ended up being, despite his best efforts, correct. We both both picked Casey, that was correct. We both picked Meg C, also correct. Ah, uh, but. And then finally, it's Abby and Annalisa. And I went with Annalisa just because I needed to do some counter programming. And so you end up winning, so we push for the week. Aha! Uh-huh. Making you the official winner of our bet. Yay! The bet with no stakes. Yes. Because apparently we can get people to submit questions to us, but they will not submit 
uh, any actual consequences. Now we should really get the consequences because we already know who won. So we can make it like, hey, guys, name something really bad that Nick has to do. That's really the new question. <laughs> that seems mean. Yeah. But fair. Yeah. Uh, turning to the final standing projection of Meritrade, Fantasy Trends, Draft Day versus Current Projections, uh, you may be surprised to know that I'm no longer in first after losing two consecutive games. Hmm. What's that? It, the Pats is now in first. Uh, Vance Down by the River is second. I'm still third uh, over Meg Collins. Uh, Meg is fourth. You Can't Beat the Mingo, fifth. You are sixth. Jen is seventh which is locked in place. Girly men, eighth good enough. and smart enough. Ninth parasitic chain reaction. 10th. So again, these, it obviously is just like, well, the season is pretty much done. This is pretty much the standings. So yeah. that is what they say. I mean, there's only very little movement that can happen, right? Exactly. Yeah. The top six are locked. Casey guess, definitely has a buy. It. Yeah. It's either, Abby or me or Meg for the buy, but I will not catch up on points. So um, probably either Meg or Abby, depending on how the games go this week. Um, and then like five, six, seven is pretty much locked. So yeah. Yeah. So now guys, we're just phoning in this week. Indeed. Nothing, nothing to play for here. Moving on. So I have an important uh, interruption before we get to the official halftime activities. First, our first call-in from Gary. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mr. Not Actually the Kanish, kind of part-time host of the podcast, but really not that good at fantasy football, Nick. Happy birthday to you. I thought that was touching. Yes, I... Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And I want to say the the wobble was because he's doing a Marilyn Monroe impression and not so much a spotty reception, but we'll see. Yeah, I I, I envisioned him jumping out of a cake while singing that, personally. Oh, for sure. Yeah. With a sash on. Yep, so that was for you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, and uh, another one that I had uh, that is football related, so I didn't want to uh, keep it for halftime, would be this one from Abby. Hi, Fancy Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, this is Abby Stahl, longtime listener, first time caller. My question is for both of you, Pat and Nick. Um, who genuinely do you think is going to win this year, and who do you think should win this year? Thanks. All right. So, uh, who do you think will win and who should win? She wants our Ooh. real reactions. Uh, because we've been lying so far? Yes. Yeah. I think it's a first race, top four teams all have a shot at it. I don't think uh, me or Gary have a realistic shot in making uh, a run at uh, the championship this year. I mean, it'd be good for May Collins to make good because her bump, bump got delayed by a year. Um but really, it's going to be whoever gets hot. And uh, right now, her team's hot. And your team just can't uh, seem to have some bad luck. I don't know what you did to piss off the fancy gods. Yeah, it hasn't been going great. I'm a little sad about it. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, the top three teams all have close points. I'm a little bit behind. Uh, not too far behind Casey, but I'm pretty well behind both Abby and Meg Collins in points scored. 
Um, so I think really the real the winner is probably whichever of Meg Collins or Abby gets the bye, they should be the odds on favorite because they don't have to play in the first round, but they're the best team that is definitely in the second round. So if uh, things stay the same, then that would be Meg Collins. But if Meg Collins loses, which maybe she might, if you look at this week uh, up ahead, then I'd put Abby at the top. Fair enough. Well said. And who should win? I, I, I feel like I only am in predicting who should win. I mean, Jen should be in the playoffs. I'll say that. But, well, uh, yeah. but, but either Meg or Abby would be, um, you know, fair winners. I don't think that it would be like an outrage if either of them win. So that's not like, upsetting to me if one of them win you know only because uh like a little partial because it is my wife but uh bump bump needs to get to late a year and then abby's won one already so you know there's, there's not a lot of good um karma that needs to be done there so i'm i'll go make see all right there you go and with that that is the end of the first half of this episode which means it is time for podcast halftime all I know was that you need Yes. All I know was you just need Oh, yes. All I know was we just need All I know was you just need up. It's podcast And as mentioned, this week we've got some listener questions. As you got a little sneak preview of already. Are you ready to answer some important questions from our league? And beyond. Let's do this. And beyond, I say. First, from Gary. Hi, Butterball Hotline. Help, help. I've got uh, white meat that's too white. I've got dark meat that's too dry. I've got uh, dark meat that's also too wet. And uh, I've got 15 New York Jews coming to have Thanksgiving. So please, can you help me? Gary got a little confused, I think. And he tried to call the Butterball Hotline and also was a New York Jew. Uh, I don't think that he called the right number, unfortunately. So, yeah, uh, that was obviously funny. What I realized there there are stories. There is a real Butterball hotline, and there is like a story of like the the people who have had like who have changed lives by working the Butterball hotline. Like this n- newly widowed old man was trying to host his first Thanksgiving after his wife died. And it was, and they had like an hour long conversation talking him through Thanksgiving and and about life. So, Butterball Ooh. Hotline, real thing. Unfortunately, a, it is Black Friday now, so it's definitely too late for our poor friend Gary. And B, I cannot help you with turkey. I will say, make sure it's fully cooked. That's my number one piece of advice. Uh, poultry, you want to one sixty five internal temperature. I can tell you that much. Apparently, the. Our meat thermometer said 190 for something on the poultry, but yes. Anyway. Maybe really well done, but no. Usually it's 165 for a chicken at least. And turkey, I assume, is cooking too about the same temperature. All right. Next, we've got from a surprise contributor to pretty much everyone, a frequent listener, not a part of our league, one of very few of those. John Rhodes from law school called in. Let's hear what he had to say. Hi, Pat and Nick. This is uh, John Rhodes. I'm a big fan of the show. I just want to give you a quick call, ask you a question. Uh, the concept here, oh boy, not after a very good start. Hmm. 
Pat and Nick, what would you say is the best way to get better at asking questions on podcasts? Thanks. So that was his question. Uh, he, he didn't stick the landing at the end there. So he wants to know, how do you ask better questions on podcasts? Um, obviously, you know, I would say just be a little more prepared, perhaps, before you dial those numbers. Maybe uh, know the question you're going to ask. Try and get straight to it right away. What do you think? Uh, rare stumble from a veteran podcaster. I know. He's a pro. If, if anyone wants to listen, you should check out his podcast, which, again, I will reiterate, was the inspiration for this podcast because he did it first. Uh, he does a, a fine, fine podcast that used to be called the PPRL pod and is now called sauce talk. Figure that out. Sauce talk. Sauce talk. Okay. If you look up sauce talk on your podcast app of choice, you'll find the John Rhodes podcast, which is very funny. I cannot believe that he has a podcast called sauce talk. No one is else. Is it exclusively about sauces? It's not exclusively, but he has uh, decided to include a sauce section every time from now on. So there, they do. Mm. There is sauce discussion on sauce talk for sure. Okay. Interesting. All right. Now, here we go. This is the meatiest, no pun intended, (laughs) uh, question so far. This is from Gary. Hi, Fancy Fantasy Podcast hosts. This is Gary Nelson, uh, longtime Boos, not actual Boos. I would like to pose a question for you uh, on your listener question show, which is, what is the most overrated Thanksgiving side dish? I'm going to say stuffing. Begin the debate. There you go. That was from Gary. So first, I want to say not only was I excited about our listener questions, I just ate Thanksgiving. Did you just eat Thanksgiving dinner? Well, yesterday and then some leftovers today. So, yes. So I was at the Murphy household and there were some extraneous murphys there so i took the time to interview one kyle murphy another special guest and i asked him this very question what does he think is the most overrated side hello and welcome to the podcast kyle murphy wow surprise guest how's it going pat good how are you man it's great to see you it's great to be here in the studio with you yeah live to us but not to the listening audience from Kyle's parents' basement. Classic podcast joke. I love it. Exactly, but real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, recording this on Thanksgiving Day, uh, Kyle's in town visiting uh, the fam, and so I was like, "Hey, let's needlessly just record random uh, stuff with Kyle because he's never been on the show." I love it. This is my debut. It's not my podcast debut, but it is my debut to your audience. Yes. Well, thank you, sir. So. Um, this episode, as I described to you, we got some uh, user emails with some questions. Love it. Uh, our audience is, is a maximum of about nine people, and about three people sent in some messages. So, hey, that's pretty good. It's a good user response rate. Yeah, yeah right? You've got a lot of uh, engagement. Exactly. I could monetize the crap out of this. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, uh, the big question probably that will be most discussed, or one of them, is... Uh, the way it was phrased by Gary was, what is the most overrated Thanksgiving side dish? Mm. And you had thoughts on whether any were overrated. What were those thoughts, sir? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I think one thing worth knowing about me is that I'm incredibly food motivated. I'm just very strongly passionate about food that I eat. I love it. I love it all. I don't hate many foods. I think that the Thanksgiving foods are properly rated. I think that mashed potatoes, stuffing, mac and cheese, fuck yeah. I, can I can I swear? Is that allowed? You may, yes. Oh. It is, is, this uh, podcast is labeled explicit, oh and I just goodness. leave it that way wow. because I don't want to individually adjust episodes. So wow. you can swear as much as you want. However, this show will not be heard in like India and China or something as a result. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, those side dishes, top tier for a reason. Everyone loves them. They're great. Then you have the the middle tiers, you know, the the veg- vegetable sides. You got your Brussels sprouts or maybe some asparagus or something. Um, fine. You know, you got to have variety and you got to diversify your platter. You can't just have gray and brown. You got to put some green in there uh, and really get a holistic uh, meal. Um, however, I don't think anyone is screaming Brussels sprouts from the rooftops. I think that those are properly rated. You know, they're kind of in the middle. No one, I mean, some people might, say that they're awesome but that's an individual taste that's not a that's not a a widespread you know claim that people love this the most um and then you have the bottom tier the uh cranberry sauce is that the only one on the bottom tier i think that's the only one (laughs) that's the only one i can think of that i'm like that one people hate and people deserve to hate it so because it's not good i um have my own opinions, you know, not, not, not all of, of them agree with what you've just said. I, I definitely think I personally mashed potatoes and probably fancy mac and cheese oh, are yeah. the top for me. Baked mac and cheese. Yeah. Those, although I also acknowledge Ooh. while those are my favorites, those are also among the most widely available outside yes. of Thanksgiving. Yes. They are, they are sides okay. that are often at <clears throat> Thanksgiving, but you can have those anytime. Okay. Um, personally, I know this is controversial personally don't love stuffing yeah i uh i almost never eat it even on thanksgiving just like meh it's okay yeah. not my thing so i think stuffing wow. is overrated personally because it is Oof. the rating is extremely high and in my opinion the value is not as high. oh, uh, oh as, no as far as cranberry sauce goes i think it is it's like it is truly used as uh, an accoutrement. It is, it is a sauce almost, even though it is not as liquidy mm-hmm. as you might want a sauce to be. But what I'm talking about is like the canned cranberry sauce, yeah. where it's like you slice off like a circle of yeah, congealed mm-hmm. like jello. You can like... count. Do you want one can ridge of cranberry <laughs> sauce or two can ridges of cranberry sauce? That is not a sauce. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I would say it can be useful on top of like you actually put it on the turkey you don't you don't want yeah. a, a spoonful of cranberry sauce but you can put it on the turkey and it will make the turkey better you could that is allowed i'd like to double back to stuffing now yeah because i have strong feelings i know you do but we're trying to record a podcast <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> the thanksgiving meal yes is a meal of sharing different components coming together to create something that is better together than it would be separately. And I would make the same claim about stuffing. Stuffing is a microcosm 
of the Thanksgiving meal inside the Thanksgiving meal. You've got the turkey, you've got some some bread parts, right? There's some bread parts in there. You have a little bit of uh, maybe some celery, some onions. I don't even really know what's in there. It's just, it's stuff, you know? And that's... <laughs> and an ing. You get some stuff, you get an ing. And it's all there. And it's just, you put it all there. You put some gravy on top. Maybe you have a little play date with your mashed potatoes off to the side. Everyone wins. I... I understand 100% I am an outlier on stuffing. Yeah. I know it is, like, the most popular aspect yeah. of Thanksgiving dinner. I Like, certainly for many people, the stuffing is the star of the show. The turkey is, like, incidental. Yeah. It is it is what you do traditionally, but it's not like everyone craves a slice of turkey meat. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. I think the big biggest problems for me, both, and I also uh, don't love gravy, gravy very mushroom based love stuffing it. often mushroomy yep don't love the mushrooms oh that's why but even wow. mushroom free stuffing i don't love wow yeah i love mushrooms i know and so does your mom she is always trying to put mushrooms into recipes that don't call for mushrooms <laughs> constantly oh uh, how could she not they make everything better no, they don't. Uh, I think um, another bottom tier Thanksgiving side, I don't know, I don't believe I've ever had it at your house when I've had Thanksgiving, mm. you guys, but um, very common at my house, so fortunately for me, my mother will not be listening to this podcast. Uh, green bean casserole. Don't like green bean casserole. Again, it's mushrooms. green beans with eggs no well i don't know if there's eggs in it but it's it's mostly like green beans and like a mushroom cream of mushroom soup <laughs> and like baked with like onion straws on top and i don't know what else is in it uh, but it's like it's like crispy crispy onion straws on top but just like savory gloopy, saucy yeah beans yeah i like green beans i like green beans just plain with seasoning with a little lemon a little garlic uh, Jen right now is making the girl and the goat green beans that are super good. Yeah. I love those. They have shallots and cashews yeah. and a salty, tangy sauce. That's a delicious. Green bean casserole. Super don't like it. However, I think it is also properly lowly rated. Yeah. So I can't say that it's overrated. It's not, it's not rated But it properly. is, um, is yeah. bottom tier for me. See, I like those things, and I would combine them in my mouth but I don't want them to be combined in a dish that I have to then put in my mouth. I would eat some green beans, put a couple onion straws in my mouth. Sounds great. But, like, Seems like uh, casserole's really saving you some work here. Maybe you should look into it. <laughs> I'd try it. I don't think I've ever come across it, to be honest. Yeah. Well, you can go to the Polk household for uh, Thanksgiving, and definitely green bean casserole will be offered to you. All right. And it would be polite to agree. <laughs> take, a, take a slice? What do you? What is a unit? A, probably like a scoop. A scoop. It's pretty liquidy. It's mush. It's, uh, it's soupy. Yeah. 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 I never shy away from a good mush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, really, it's like practically pre-chewed for you. You want green beans and mushrooms and onion straws in your mouth at once. You were going to do separate bites and chew 
No. No. Just scoop this up. Not worth it. Maybe a maybe a boba straw. Just suck it right through the straw. Big ass straw. Mm. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right, you've convinced me. Excellent. Yuck. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for that input. What did you think, Nick? Uh, I think I generally agree with his takes. Um, agreed with your takes. Look, stuffing is, I think, a bit overrated. It can be very good, but I think usually it's just a little dry. And that, that might go to you. I'm, I'll do a little bit of stuffing on my, on my sides, but I'm not, not doubling down on it. Uh, let's see here. Mac and cheese, always good. Colin's household tends to go with a, you know, like a hard uh, cheesy potato versus a true mac and cheese. So I think I tend to prefer that. Then things that I cannot stand, green beans, because they're awful. Just don't care about it in any form. So I think that might be, I think that might be my answer for one number one overrated because people tend to like them and I think they're terrible. Underrated. Hmm. Good underrated one. Okay. Weird story inside. I don't remember if I said this on the podcast a few weeks ago, but we were talking about um, strange family foods. But for whatever reason, it became tradition in the Spear household that on Thanksgiving, you have to eat an oyster. And so as a 13-year-old with a, let's say, sensitive palate, and like they're just slimy and gross, even though I actually like them now, but at the time, they're terrible. Trying to choke that thing down without puking it back up was just awful. Bummer. Yeah. It's not like we bought good ones either. They're like the tub kind that you, <laughs> you know, they're not on like the half shell. They're just in a tub. You have to Yuck. put it in a cracker and try to smear that with much, um, uh, whatever that red sauce is. I can't think of the name of right now. But yeah. I would be interested to hear the genesis of that tradition. I don't remember exactly. Although it does remind me of the episode of Happy Endings where. Uh, Dave, who claims to be part Native American, goes out to buy like traditional Thanksgiving foods, like OG ones, and then did involve like either clams or oysters. I'm not sure which one. It was clams. Huh. I'm getting confirmation from Mike Collins. It was clams. <laughs> well, there you go. Excellent uh, live feedback. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I am confused how you agreed with both me and Kyle considering our relative diametric opposition. But thank you. Look. Thank you for trying to split that baby. Uh, look, I can make the impossible happen sometimes. Just like when yeah. you tie, but you still get a win. Sometimes I can make that happen. You cannot. Okay. But oh, We've got an update live during recording. That's right. John Rhodes responding to our feedback from the first question has come up with a second question. Here we go from John Rhodes. Hey, Pat, Nick, I got your advice. I really appreciate it. I'm going to try and see if it goes better this time. Anyway, what, do you, what do you guys think? Is it going okay so far? Anyway, what kind of headphones do you think are good by? That was John Rhodes. He very quickly asks, what are the best headphones? Nick, please extol me on the virtues of different types of headphones. Uh, the best headphones are the ones that Pat Lenz used to do the podcast with, and you don't even know the name of them. Well, by you, I mean I don't even know the name of them. They're, those are the best. Well, I I have feelings on headphones, so do I, I I do. I like headphones. I have different headphones. I they have different uh, pros and cons. You know, this is a very personal choice, but I would love to help anyone who is trying to make an informed headphone decision. Here's what I think: If you're getting good headphones, you need to make a few choices. First, uh, the biggest decision is: Do you want headphones like over the ear headphones, or do you want in ear like earphones like uh you have to choose between the overall style uh once you make that decision here are the three criteria that i think are important one i believe personally uh sound isolation is very important 
with either the over ear or the in ear. Um, I hate it when I get a lot of outside noise when I'm trying to listen to music. Two, if you're getting nice headphones, um, I think it's important to have a replaceable cord on your headphones. You don't want one that is hardwired into the headphone. You want to be able to pull it out and replace it. That has two advantages. One, you can replace it if it gets broken, obviously, which is one of the weakest points of headphones. So if you have nice headphones, but your cable breaks, you're kind of screwed. So it's nice to be replaceable. And two, with replaceable uh, cords, you can either get upgraded higher quality cords or you can get cords that are terminated differently for different types of devices. You could have a balanced cable. You could have a cable with an inline microphone and controls. You could have just a straight normal stereo cable. There's lots of options and flexibility if you have a replaceable cord. And third, the the next most important thing is just the overall sound profile. If you like a lot of bass, if you like it to be more flat or neutral, that is more uh, dependent on the brand. Usually each headphone brand will have its own uh, sound signature that it usually goes for. So that's just a little bit of research as far as what you personally like. If you like it booming or neutral and crystal clear. So those are my tips for getting the right headphones. Do you have like super hearing or something that necessitates all these like knowledge and effort that you've put into headphones? I don't think I have super hearing. I think I pay close attention to what I listen to, but I don't think I have like, I don't have like perfect pitch or anything like that. Um, I have pretty good hearing. (laughs) We might find out about that at some point. Yeah. Speaking of bets, uh, this was not yet mentioned, but if you recall, we bet on the outcome of our game and I was robbed and it was a tie and yet I lost. So I have to perform karaoke. However, we have not yet prepared that segment for this week. So probably next week, I'll be singing karaoke on the podcast. You're welcome. That'll be fun because it'll take up some time for when we have not a whole lot of stuff to talk about. Because it's the last week, nothing really, games don't matter. So it'll work out. But then we, we could be excited about the playoffs. Well, that that will be our work. But only two games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And now, another question from Abby Saul. There's a bit of a pattern here. We've got some some Abby, some Gary, and some John. That's Those were our participants. And thank you all for your participation. Yes. Hi, guys. It's the booth calling in with another uh, very timely question. Which character from Sex and the City do you think you each are? Um, Yeah, this is really important. Thanks. All right. So she said it herself. It is very important. Nick, which Sex and the City character are you? Okay. Remind me of these characters' names. So here's the thing. I have seen... I believe one complete episode of sex in the city. And, uh, I don't know the show very well. In fact, I will play a clip of Kyle after this providing his input. But, uh, the four main characters are Carrie, Samantha, Charlotte, and Miranda. Those are the four main people. But obviously her question was not which of the main four characters are you is which sex in the city character are you? So I don't, I don't know. Obviously, most of the material online about which Sex in the City character are you is very focused on the main characters and uh, incidentally is directed at women uh, as the audience for that quiz. But uh, that is about the extent of the input I can provide to you. What say you? Uh, I am sitting in a similar boat as you where I've seen one, maybe two episodes. Uh, so I really have nothing to add to this, even though, and I think the basic impetus is not 
to pick any character, but the one of the main four. I think that's the goal of the whole question. Uh, let's take let's go to an outside source. Since Mike Collins right. is in the room right here, Mike Collins, yes. which Sex of the City <laughs> character am I, and which one is Pat? Um. Oh man. So I can't decide if you are a Charlotte or Miranda. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I need to... Nick is definitely mm, he's mm, definitely definitely Samantha. seems wrong. What? If you said definitely, but then you still had to think about it, that seems maybe not so confident. Sorry, I'm also just listening to like Sloan screaming in the background. Is that good? Is that going well? <laughs> it's not it's not going well today. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. She's been teething for years, so and so, it's just crazy because she's only like seventeen months. So I'm a Samantha. Which one is that one? That's the one that swears a lot and just like a heathen. Is that the there you old go. bloody one? Yeah, the or... old slutty one. Got it. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> Nick. Um, so here, I'll I'll interject here. So I took a quiz. I it sounds like maybe Nick took a quiz. Um, nope. A BuzzFeed quiz? Please tell me it's BuzzFeed. No, I wanted to go reputable here. So I went to EW. There's an <laughs> EW, which Sex in the City character are you? And let me tell you two important things about this. One, the second question was, what what house of Hogwarts are you? And I was like, well, I haven't taken one of those quizzes. So there was homework within this Sex in the homework. City quiz that I did well, not want to take. Wait, let's do the sub-question then. Which, which Hogwarts house? No. So then I took the Times Magazine quiz for which house <laughs> of hogwarts i'm at and i was very strongly ravenclaw i was like 76 percent ravenclaw and like 20 something percent hufflepuff and almost not at all gryffindor or slytherin so like that so my understand i've read the books i've seen the movies i don't uh care that much about the houses i apologize um so i believe that yes essentially the ravenclaws are the nerds so that makes sense um, um ha- it's gryffindor is the brave slytherin yeah like the devious. Yeah, because they're obviously the evil house. Ravenclaw is the smart ones, and Hufflepuff is literally described as the rest. Yeah, and so Which I one were... feel like you're definitely just... If you are either Ravenclaw I mean, or yeah. Hufflepuff when you take that quiz, they're just like, you are a side character. You are not actually important. But uh, congratulations, you're Hufflepuff. Or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, fun fact, I was at the Warner Brothers studio... Uh, for a studio tour, and they had a talking sorting hat, like animatronic, so it actually made all the movements, and I got sorted into Gryffindor. So, congratulations! I was, yeah, I know. Is that your main gift? character? That's the Harry Potter one. Yes. Aw, look at you. Damn right. Okay, so back to your Sex and the City quiz. So back to Sex and the City. So then I took the quiz. I tried to answer truthfully everything that they said, and let me tell you, a lot of the questions. There's only eleven questions, but like maybe four or five of them were like antagonistic to taking the quiz and I always gave that answer. So it was like, why am I taking this stupid quiz? Like, yep, that's my answer. Like, this show's stupid. Yep, that's my answer. So I did a lot of like anti sex in the city answers within the quiz, uh, because that's how I truly feel. And it gave me Miranda. So Oh okay. um, which one's Miranda? Miranda is the redhead. She's a lawyer. Yes. And, yes. Nailed it. Yep. Question. Okay. I mean, that's my initial gut, but then I feel like you're a little bit also Charlotte. But mostly Miranda. Well, EW says that I'm Miranda. And it was, apparently it was developed by, like, psychologists or something, their test. Sure. So, I took my research. That's awesome. 
I took my research further. Um, I, I wanted to not limit it to the main characters because obviously all of the quizzes were about the main characters. But was like, what if I wanted to say I was one of the many men on this show? Oh, yeah. I don't know anything about the men. All, the only name I know is Mr. Big, uh, and and that's it. So I looked at this list of a ranked thing of twenty, the top 25 Sex and the City characters. Okay. And obviously that was men and women. And so I just looked at them and how popular they were in their picture. And uh, so first of all, I saw that Mr. Big was not very popular. No, um, he I, I saw that Ron Livingston was on the show and I was like, oh, I really like him as an actor. But he was literally the bottom 25th out of 25. Uh, so I was like, I don't want to be like the literal least popular character on the show. So then I looked a little higher. And so I, I ended up on a character who is apparently very important. I'd never heard of Aiden? Uh, Steve Brady, the <gasps> husband of Miranda. It turns out yeah. uh, it, the only reason I was drawn to him was that he looked nerdy and was wearing glasses. And I was like, I wear glasses. And so <laughs> then I looked up his bio and he is a bartender, uh, bartender and he dated Miranda and they got married and he has a fake testicle. That's like one of the main <laughs> things about him is that he had testicular cancer and has a fake ball. So that made me regret my decision. But, uh, but he was the closest match. So I'm either Miranda or Miranda's husband. That's my final answer. It works. Is that the guy who was also on Californication? I've never seen that show. Okay. Then we can't answer this. Oh, well, um, the, another question that was posed. I'll just, this will be the last one. Yeah. Um, which Sex in the City character are you? Oh, this is good. Can we go over them really quick? I am certainly in no position to review all of the characters from Sex in the City. All I know. Okay, so there's Miranda. Yep. She's one of them. Is she the redhead? Yes, I believe so. Miranda's the redhead. Mm, Carrie is the main one. Horseface. Rude. <laughs> Very rude. Yes, Carrie. And then... I believe Charlotte... Charlotte. Is the brunette. Yes. And Sam... Is it Sam? I think it's Sam. Samantha. Samantha. Wait, isn't Samantha the... No, it's Carrie. It's Carrie's the main one. Carrie Bradshaw? Is that a person? That is her name. That's her name, yeah. Uh, But, I mean, that's... Those are the main characters. The question was not... Which oh my god! There's main all these Sex in the City characters. These are you reoccurring is. characters that show up. There's the the bald gay man that was like very cool. He was like New York. Like he knew like you could tell he knew like art studios and stuff. I've seen like maybe half an episode of this show. I've seen ever. I think exactly one. Yeah, I'm gonna say that I'm Charlotte. Okay. Definitive answer. Yes. Thank you, sir. I think in that half an episode that I watched, I was the most attracted to Charlotte. And that's why you're her. I'm Charlotte. Okay. Well, thank you for your time, sir. Of course. Happy Thanksgiving. What a blast. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you for your expert input, Meg Collins. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah, we wouldn't have flounder that question without her, so thank God. My time is no longer needed. <laughs> Good luck with the baby. <laughs> oh, it's going to be like 30 more minutes and then... Someone's going to be pulled into, like, our bed to sleep, because so she will just actually sleep and not just cry, as she has been doing for an hour straight. That sucks. I'm so sorry. It, it is very sad when you cannot console your child. Anywho, all right, uh, we've got one more question. This is from Gary, and uh, this is another juicy one, I think. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hi, Nick. I have a question for you for the podcast. 
what is your favorite holiday themed TV show or promotional crossover? Uh, I think for me it's Turkatron, uh, from the planet, from the second year 9595, uh, on Aquatine Hunger Force. I'd like to get your takes. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. So, favorite television holiday episode or crossover event. Um, and he said it was Turkatron from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And uh, two things. First, I want to point out, it is ambiguous from the question if he was limiting holiday to just Thanksgiving holiday because, of course, Turkatron was a robotic turkey and that was uh, the episode, the dressing of Aqua Teen Hunger Force from season two. So it was obviously a Thanksgiving episode. But he didn't say Thanksgiving episode. So I think the question was overall just talking about all holiday events um and then second of all weirdly just uh on thanksgiving itself a different friend of mine chris cunningham from usc texted me to say happy thanksgiving and he mentioned turkatron so i got two turkatron references in a week uh from like a 10 year old episode of aquatine hunger force so that was weird that's interesting what's it there's a phenomenon that would that happens where you would never think of like a certain word or a concept or something. And then all of a sudden you hear it like twice in rapid succession. There's a term for that, but I don't remember it. Clustering or something. Yeah. It's it's like one, like it's an, it's not a compound word. It's obviously has like Latin roots to it, but it's one word, but there's no way I could ever explain that enough in a Google search to try to figure out what the heck it is. No problem. Yeah. So hopefully a listener will know it and contact us. Yes. Looking at you, Annalisa. Okay, there you go. I think she be my go-to source for uh, a piece of information like that. Okay. So, Nick, do you have any holiday TV show slash crossovers that you like the most? Well, okay, if we're on crossovers, uh, my nerdy side says go with the, uh, the Arrowverse crossovers because they do a pretty decent job of jam-packing like all four or five or whatever their shows are into a couple of main episodes and i mean i, time I, out. I am gonna say this is, it has to be a holiday crossover not just uh, the fact that it is a crossover fine. so yeah i'm not i'm not gonna accept an answer that is just like they do a good job combining shows no fine fine, fine denied fine. Uh, i can't think of any good holiday crossovers but i will say that bob's burgers tends to do holiday episodes very very well just a second uh for saying the arrowverse i'm gonna give you a there you go. That's right. I deserve that. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Uh, Bob's Burgers does Bob's pro- Burgers does uh, holiday episodes very well, specifically uh, Thanksgiving, uh, because they have this sort of thing established that Bob is crazy about Thanksgiving, and yet some reason every year, like because he, he's obviously a cook, and he tries to make the perfect turkeys and sides and everything like that, and somehow there's always something that goes wrong with it, and he like talks to the turkey and like massages it and. It's all thing. So I'd say that would be my favorite, but honestly, I'm trying to think of other good holiday specials that would stand, well, that stand out to me. Let me tell you, I did some research for this one as well, my friend. Mm. I also You have this advantage of knowing the questions ahead of time. I texted you the subject of these questions. Um, as we've established before, I don't look at your texts. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I 
I also felt unqualified to talk about this because I feel like I watch some TV, but not enough. I don't watch a lot of very popular TV. Like I watch some popular shows, but not a lot of them. So I didn't have a broad enough knowledge base. So I looked up some several lists of best holiday TV shows. And one annoying facet of that was that um, almost all of them were for a specific holiday. So I had to look up lists for best Christmas TV shows, best Thanksgiving TV shows, best Halloween TV shows, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But I will say few things. One, Bob's Burgers, popular choice. A lot of people like Bob's Burgers. Two, other big ones that I don't know much about. Gilmore Girls, on there a lot of times. It's Always Sunny, on there a lot of times. Community, The Office, Friends. All those have a lot of holiday shows, apparently. I have seen some of some of those shows and none of other of those shows. Uh, West Wing was on there for having some obviously overwritten sappy holiday shows because it was West Wing and West Wing was grossly overrated. Um, That wouldn't be my choice. One that obviously appeared a lot of times was Seinfeld, the episode that introduced the concept of Festivus, but that episode is not called Festivus. That episode is called The Strike. So the episode of Seinfeld called The Strike was on a lot of lists, but I did not choose that one either. No, sir, I say to you every year, until the show got bad, the best holiday-themed episode is Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, my friend. Um, there are a lot of them, and so I wanted to choose a specific one. So Treehouse of Horror 6 from 1995, Season 7, that is my favorite holiday episode. That, of course, featured Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesores, where the uh, the bur- the um donut guy became animated and then a lot of the large advertising mascots were taking over the city uh I like nightmare that one now yeah nightmare yeah. on evergreen terrace which had uh uh groundskeeper willie as a freddy krueger character uh terrorizing the children's dreams and then the most groundbreaking one homer cubed that was the homer cg episode back in 1995 which as you'll recall, I believe is the same year that Toy Story came out. So we're talking cutting edge CG technology, um, 3D animation of Homer. And then he went into the real life and was amused by the concept of erotic cakes. So that is my favorite episode of a holiday TV show. Treehouse of Horror 6. Def- final answer. There you go. Fair enough. Uh, that reminds me, I think my all-time favorite one of those, even though they're all pretty good, was the, uh, the Shinnin'. Yep, the shinny. That was uh, that was another common one. That was actually the year before episode five. Oh, so they're really hitting the stride there. Yeah, uh, and that was that had the shinning, which of course was the shining, uh, time and punishment, and nightmare cafeteria where they're eating the children at the school. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was a very good one. That was and in that one, that was one of two episodes of Treehouse of Horror that had a common thing happen in all three episodes, uh, all three uh, vignettes. Um, Groundskeeper Willie was killed by an axe in all three of those segments of Trials of Horror 5. So there As the uh, one random groundskeeper was killed in The Shining with a big exactly. axe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, the 50-foot eyesore one, is that the same one where Homer's head at the end turns into a donut? He's, he's like picking it? Or no, that involves the devil somehow. I don't remember. As an aside, did you see this year that they did uh, like Thanksgiving of Horror or something like that? Turkey Day of Horror. So yeah, so this year, there instead of the Treehouse of Horror episode, it was uh, the same 
formats, so small vignettes that obviously aren't in continuity, but they're all have something to do with Thanksgiving instead of Christmas or excuse me, Halloween. There you go. Uh, so Treehouse of Horror four. So we're talking about three consecutive years of Treehouse of Horror. So this would be the 1993 episode. Uh, it is called the devil and Homer Simpson. And he, uh, yes, he is force fed donuts and he he's a forbidden donut goes to hell is force fed donuts continues to succeed at eating all those donuts without a problem. And then he has a, his head is turned into a donut uh, by Flanders, the devil. So yes, uh, that was a separate one the year before the other one that we were just discussing four, five, six, really good stretch of Treehouse of Horror. The, the uh, bastion days of Treehouse of Horror. There you go. I still think they're strong, but you know, you can only do I so much. I haven't watched a new episode of the Simpson in many, many, many years. My coworkers give me a hard time about it. They are still obsessed. I have not been obsessed with The Simpsons for like probably 15 years. It's a good casual watch still. I think it's better than people give it credit for. It's kind of like it's like the Godfather 3 of Simpsons. It's <laughs> like this era. It's like Godfather 3 was nominated for a bunch of Oscars and it's not a bad movie, but you, when you compare it to 1 and 2, it's never going to live up to the same standard. So, yeah. Oh, wait a second. Breaking news. That was not the last question. I've got another question from John Rhodes. Let's see if he has honed his craft further in trying to ask questions. Here we go. Hi, Pat and Nick. This is John Rhodes again. I feel like your advice didn't go great, so I'm just going to try to do this my way. Uh, My question is, who is your favorite character in a Christmas movie if you had to actually hang out with them and deal with all their crazy idiosyncrasies that every character in every Christmas movie has. Thanks. I'll take my answer off the air. Okay. So he really, I think he, he, he nailed it the third time. Third time's the charm. Way to go, John Rhodes. You know, stumbled out the gates in the first one. I think he tried to make up for it with speed and over accuracy on the second one, but Hey, finally holding your craft, but really appreciate that. Uh, To answer the question. All right. Christmas characters that we would actually like to hang out with. So, yeah. God, immediately comes to mind, I want to say John McClane, but I think he'd actually be a pain in the ass. And you can debate whether or not Die Hard is actually a Christmas movie. Yeah, I thought of that one, too. That was on my list. I was like, man, I don't even want to, like, start a fight. Not for, over not, not for, for a... Not, uh, not worth the effort to no. argue. So then, you know, uh, Guy from It's a Wonderful Life just seems like a sad sack. Yeah. The entire I had him, time. I had him on my list, too. I, yeah. He I was trying like... to the beginning of the movie, he wanted to commit suicide. That sounds like a bit of a drag. And this, I barely think that's a Christmas movie. Like, it takes place, the last scene takes place on Christmas, but there's no other part of that movie that takes place in and around Christmas or even involving mm. Christmas themes. Man, how are you going to be like, Die Hard is definitely a Christmas movie and It's a Wonderful Life is a stretch? That's that's a rough angle at, you're at taking least there, Die right? Hard, At least Die Hard takes place entirely in and around Christmas and it's filled with, like you know, sleigh bells and things like that. But either way, my problem with, with Wonderful Life, and I've said this before many times, and Meg really strongly disagrees with me on this point, is that this dude has a terrible life. Like, every good opportunity gets screwed up by something, one way or the other. And so he's just like the bag man holding on to, like, the frail lives of everyone around him. And only because he's such a good person does, like, he hold it together. Otherwise, life just craps on him the entire time. He could have been rich with that plastic company. He didn't. He wanted to travel the world. He couldn't. He had to scrape together every nickel and dime to pay off the 
Potter's mortgage note or whatever that was that one day, it's only because at the end people were like, hey, we actually like you. Don't kill yourself. And he gets happy. Yeah, I I don't think the story is necessarily that his life is awesome. It's that he matters and he had a positive impact on other people's lives. And I think that is undeniably the case. He, you know, he, he really helped those around him and therefore he saw his own intrinsic value and worth. Well, I think you're absolutely right. It's just, it's hard to like call it a feel good movie when you just want one good thing to happen to the kid and then never does. Yeah. I, so yes, I agree. He, he's a nice guy. That's a very good movie. I think, uh, but I don't want to hang out with him. Similarly, um, again, I did research here. I looked at like top holiday movies to try and find some fun hangs, some chill sure. hangs. What do you got? Uh, so there are a lot of problems with most of them. As John alluded to, most of these people are not pleasant. Uh, another good movie with a super likable main character, um, The Apartment, uh, with John Lemon. The Apartment. The Apartment. Classic, awesome movie. Uh, it's, it's more of a stretch to be Christmas, but it does take place around Christmas. Um, however, that guy is also a sad sack. He works in a corporate office building and he loans out his apartment to his bosses so that they can have affairs and not get caught by their wives. And, and he, this gets Uh, complicated for him. Feel good movie of the season. Exactly. Uh, it gets complicated for him because a, he has to hide a lot of things to keep protecting his boss and B, he falls in love. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's a tricky Tricky Wicket. Um, so he's too pathetic to hang out with as well, even though it's a great movie. Uh, Love Actually. That's my favorite um, romantic comedy, and it is very Christmassy. But I looked through all those but, characters. Yeah. Like, I don't really want to hang out with any of those people. Maybe um, Hugh Grant? Yeah, maybe Hugh Grant. Not the rock star. Not the no, dad. Not like the son. Not the... Be bad. He seems to be like a good dude in that movie. The uh, Kieran Knightley's character and husband and the guy who loves her, that would be awkward. In yeah, no, I don't want to do this. No. Uh, the um, the uh, guys who go to America to get chicks, uh, they're they're not an eligible hang. I don't want uh, – so, yeah, nobody – that's a good movie. No one to hang out with. Um, so it was like, let's, let's expand. You can't hang, and you can't hang out with Alan Rickman. No. I mean, that that would be good. But also, he was – he was the one who was cheating in that one? He's the one who has an affair with the yeah, uh, assistants. So, yeah, so – that's that's not great either. So that's not a not a chill hang target. So then I wanted. So let's go more whimsical. So I'm like, okay. hmm, what about Edward Scissorhands? And it's like, wait a second, that's terribly depressing. Also, no, not, no, no, no one from Edward Scissorhands. No, can't do that. Let's go a little more fun and whimsical. How about Elf? It's like, wait, no, that guy's a psychopath. He would be really difficult to hang out with. Uh, he's he's a happy little elf, but he drives everyone around him insane. Uh, for good reason, so that's not going to work. Buddy the Elf would be that guy who you're friends with from college, and then ostensibly like, I would never be your friend if I met you today, but for some reason we've been in this for so long that I'm still okay being your friend. That's Buddy the Elf. Like, the first time you meet him, he would drive you batty, and you, you couldn't do it. But then I feel like it'd be after, like, a year of regularly interacting with him, you'd be like, all right, I, I kind of get your charm now. But yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a good hang. So Buddy the Elf is the Nick Spear of Christmas movies. Yeah, I, yeah, that's about right. Uh, As an aside, we have a giant inflatable like life-size Buddy the Elf doll. It's an <laughs> you know, inflatable thing that we're going to put outside. But it's wow. like life-size because it's, it's over six feet tall. Which, wow. And obviously Will Ferrell is a pretty tall man. 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'm gonna hang out with him. So then I was like, okay, different direction with whimsy. How about Muppets Christmas Carol? Ooh, okay. The Muppets what? are really fun, but that's a period piece. And so they're all also kind of depressing. Like Kermit is great, but he plays like Bob Ratchet and he's like super poor and sad. Now, uh, wait, also, are you getting like for Scrooge? Are you getting pre- uh, three Ghosts in the Night, or are you getting post Three Ghosts in the Night? Yeah, same problem with, like, It's a Wonderful Life. Like, is this pre or post Epiphany, you know? Yeah, I, fair. I don't know. Uh, I was. I would assume if you're trying to have your ideal, then you get to choose the timeline, probably. So, post. So, you know, he'd pro- he was generous afterwards. So, you know, that, that could be good, I guess. But um, Yeah, assuming, assuming he doesn't backslide into Scroogedom, he's got money, big old house, seems to have a good attitude with life at that point. And a bunch of bu- bunch of Muppet friends. Yeah, that could be that could be that's a, I think that's a sneaky one. Ones that I considered that are classic Christmas movies, but were like the worst possible options. Mm. Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, yeah, you don't want that. Nightmarish. No. A Christmas Story. Nah, uh, nothing you really want. You'd in there. get you'd shoot your eye out. Uh, and Home Alone. Obviously, you don't want to hang around with the Home Alone kid because he's a psychopath. He's cold blooded. He will murder you. Have you ever heard the uh, like the thought? the intellectual thought process matchup of Kevin McAllister versus like the predator. No, but yeah. that, that <laughs> so sounds it'd be like the idea of if the predator is trying to get into the house for whatever reason, like could Kevin McAllister hold him off? I think the answer is yes. I think so as well. So I came up with the best answer possible okay. after a lot of thought. This is the answer. This is my answer. Okay. You can copy me if you want. I was as you like, obviously there is, it said character. He did not say person. He said best character. So obviously that's why I was considering Muppets. And yeah. elves and uh, claymation, you know, skeletons and things. Sure. The correct answer, I think, is Max the dog from How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Wow. Okay. That dog. Wait, which version? Is, like, we talking OG cartoon version? That's another question I had. Like, if I'm hanging out with cartoon characters, do I get turned into a cartoon or are the cartoons transplanted to the real world? Um, I'm going to say. Is like a Who from Roger Rabbit kind of thing? Yeah, I'm gonna. So let's say yes. Uh, it'll be the cartoon version of Max the dog in the real world. That's my answer. Um, he's okay. obviously, dogs are nice and cute to begin with. Like hanging out with a dog is better than hanging out with most people. Just off the mm-hmm. bat, pretty pretty big boost in quality. Uh, and Max the dog is a, a particularly good dog. He's very cute. He's very uh, obedient. He, he does as he's told. He wears antlers. He's very strong. He can pull a very large sled. Um, and I think he would be grateful to hang out with a kind, warm-hearted person such as myself after spending his life with a pre-Epiphany um, Grinch. Okay. Um, I don't dislike that answer, but I think we could do better. All right. Well, hit me with it. All right. Looking at – I'm Google the list. Uh, you ever see The Night Before? I have not. Okay, so the night before is a story about three thirty-somethings who have this tradition because one of them's parents died when he was a kid on Christmas Day, so he gets very super sad. So, like Christmas Eve, they always take him out and they have this like drug-fueled, um, alcohol-induced rager of a night, and they keep hang- trying to find this like one mythical party that don't worry about that. But you have Seth Rogen, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And oh, Anthony Mackey. Okay, yeah. All those guys seem pretty genuinely cool. They, I mean, they hang out and do a bunch of drugs, which you know, drugs not my thing. 
but they seem nice. You get the, I'm going to say we get the three pack of them. Uh, they're all good friends. One of them is like a professional athlete. Um, and the other two were just cool. So which one has the dead parents? Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay. Yeah. So Seth Rogen plays a Jewish character because he's Jewish. And then Anthony Mackie's a professional athlete. So you're going to have, you're going to have money. You have Seth Rogen being funny and Joseph Gordon-Levitt like gets his act together by the end of it because he's viciously depressed for the beginning of it. But then, you know, of course it's a Christmas movie. He gets over it. I think that might be my answer. Well, you got to choose one character. The question was not which movie do no. you slip into. It's oh, which no. character do you hang out with? Hold on. When we were talking uh, Christmas Carol, we said you get to hang out with some Muppets. Well, you're hanging out. I was saying he like if you were hanging out with a reformed Scrooge, like the uh, the dressing along with his life would include a lot of friends and uh, a lot of money. But it's not like you're actually in the movie hanging out with all of them. Okay, fair, but then if I say I'm going with the Anthony Mackie character because he's got some cash and he seems pretty funny, won't I occasionally then bump into Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen? I guess it's possible. I, so, I won't I won't uh, completely eliminate it, even though it's it's a bit of a stretch. Fair, but I think with that... I'm not, I'm not hanging out with Whoville, okay? Well, I'm just hanging out with Max the dog. Okay, so that also brings another thing. So... They're getting transported into your life, not necessarily the other way around. Potentially. All right, because then, you know, the idea of going to Whoville seems pretty cool versus just, like, in the night before, it's just New York City. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. Or maybe then I put Nightmare uh, Nightmare Before Christmas back on the table because I would kind of, like, walk around in a claymation uh, entire world. A horrifying one. Well, you could maybe get to go to the Christmas place. Jack Skellington knows where that door is. He could always go back to the Christmas town. We could see what we could see what Thanksgiving town looks like. Again, I think I think the spirit of the question is is focused on the character and not the universe that the character lives in. But mm. what, whatever. Oh. If you had to choose one of those, so you, you choose Anthony Mackie. So yeah, let's go with Anthony Mackie. Okay. Yeah. There it is, and that is actually the last question from our listeners. Thank you. All of you listeners who contributed questions, which is to say all three of you. And also, thank you, Kyle Murphy, for, uh, you know, kicking in a couple answers as well. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, team player. Exactly. You might have just got us one more listener. Exactly. Yeah, you know, if you're in the episode, you probably want to listen to it. It's the only reason why I listen to it. Exactly. All righty, then. You know what that means? That's right. Thank you for listening to the podcast halftime. All right. That was fun. I had a good time. I hope you did too. Good time had by all. Excellent. Well, sir, that was long as I knew it would be. Let us very quickly look at week 13, which is unusually underway because there are multiple games played on Thanksgiving Day. So we've had three games uh, already take place in week 13 so the the scoreboard is a little bit more filled in than usual when we discuss it but let's get to it we've got vance down by the river against peristaltic chain reaction this should not be close we've got one of the best teams in the league over the worst team in the league one at 11 uh currently abby is winning 17 15 
but the projection is 112 to 98.4, which would be a very good score for Alex. Uh, but I am going to go with Abby on this one. Hey, I noticed that he actually went ahead and set his lineup, so that's something. It really matters now, you know. Yeah. Actually, I guess it affects it, really matter. it affects Meg Collins and me um, if he plays hard, uh, but it doesn't really affect anyone else, I guess. Yeah, I mean, all these games are kind of meaningless to a certain extent, so, yeah. It's just, yeah, seeding and bye weeks are the only things that are really up for grabs, so, yeah. Speaking of meaningless, how about the Ignorant Sluts versus the Girly Men? The team locked in at 7th versus the team locked in at 8th. Um, Important thing before we go on, are we yeah. going to pick these games just to complete the yeah. season? And I said I, I said I chose Abby. Oh, okay. I have a feeling that we are going to... Uh, I'm also taking it. I have a feeling that we're only going to differ on one game. as going to be my game versus Casey. Okay. So... We'll see. Moving on. Uh, moving on. Ignorant versus Girly Men. And uh, currently, Jen had a great start. Uh, she has 45 points on the board with only three players going. Annalisa has a good start. 34 points on the board with three players going. Uh, but the projection is still favoring Jen relatively heavily. 117 to 100. And I will, in fact, go for Jen getting the super frustrating week 13 win that doesn't help her at all. Again, I think she's going to go out for a big game and just just uh, spiteful. Just like one fifty. Yeah, for no good yeah. reason. It's just just have that in her back pocket just to stew about during the entire off season. Ugh, that would really be a drag. Yes, All right. Uh, next, you can't be the Mingo versus Russ Wilson's Football Planet. This one has the most direct playoff implications. Well, that one and yours, um, because Meg Collins is working for that buy. She's currently second place. If she doesn't score a lot or if she loses, then her bye is in serious danger against Abby. Uh, so obviously the Nelson Saul household is rooting very hard for Gary to win. Uh, and unfortunately, Meg Collins off to a rough start. Two yeah. players in the books and 6.7 points. She got 7.7 uh, and negative one from her two players that is now what you want negative and, one out of a kicker that's yeah that's a kick in the pants that is a kick in the field goal right mm-hmm. there or actually it's a, like, it's a kick outside the field goal post kick, that's kick how you get to on negative. the post kick on the duff it'd be a doink or not a, but not quite double doink yeah so with this illicit information in mind i'm gonna have to say gary uh, is rightfully favored he had two players go and he is winning by 14 points already so uh i'm gonna go with gare bear over meg collins which will probably sink meg collins's chances for a bye week because probably abby will win now it's a little bit closer because she has a tight end out she'll pick someone up but yeah it's just a it's a it's a rough start so gotta go with gary just because when you have the advanced information why would you not use it yeah now we'll go to my game which is a little more up in the air even though Things have moved along. She had, uh, so it's Bill Swirsky, super fans, me versus good enough and smart enough, Meg Murphy. And she had multiple people go and she has decent points on the board and I don't, but I'm still favored. This one is much more speculative because I've only had one player go. Uh, currently it's 29.2 to 8.4 Meg Murphy over me, but I'm favored 91 to 79. And I'm going to, Bet on myself for the final time of the regular season. 13 for 13. 
sadly wrong the past two weeks in retrospect after point adjustments and whatnot. But uh, hopefully I can finish strong and have a chance at a bye week. So I'm betting on myself. Uh, yep, Ben taking you as well. I think Meg puts up a good fight here, but it's just going to be too much to overcome. I mean, she has, like you said, decent points, but really you got 5.3 out of Randall Cobb and 3.7 out of Brian Hill. It's not what you're looking for. So that's going to be probably way under both of their projections. She's going to be down. Sorry, All right. But Sorry, you're not listening. So. Yeah, she doesn't care. Last but not least, another important one for the playoffs uh, for seeding. Um, if Casey is tied with the other top teams, then he might lose the bye because he has less points than both Meg and Abby. So he cares, and he is playing you. Currently, it's 13.7 to 25.2, uh, but you have had more people go, and you don't. You need to complete your lineup, bro. Whatever, dude. Uh, he is projected to win 105.1 to 87.4. However, you had a hole at tight end. I'll fix it. So I'm going to go with Casey Johnson from Wisconsin. Uh, you know, um, I have picked against myself before. And I think even when I did that, I got it wrong. I ended up winning when I, meant to, when I picked myself to lose. I don't think I'm going to win this one, but I'm going to have to pick and bet on myself just because those are the rules. All right. So, yeah, we went uh, four for four, with, and then the only one that's different is uh, me and Casey. Sounds good, my friend. Well, that was our jam-packed holiday episode. I hope you had fun. I know I did. So... Do you have anything else uh, that you want to add? Any Thanksgiving wishes? Any birthday uh, stories you want to share? Any good gifts? Uh, how, how was your week? Uh, uneventful, which was good. Uh, I got a lovely drone from my in-laws, and then we promptly crashed it into a puddle of water so it doesn't work. Oh, no. It's, like, yeah. real broken? Uh, I, I need to look at it. There might be something I could do, but it's definitely not working now. I'm sorry. So yeah. you ha- how long was it operating before that happened? Oh, maybe four flights. Oh. Like 24 hours, maybe four flights. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Well, I hope it was still a happy birthday. It was. Thank you for all the well wishes from everybody. Indeed. Uh, and happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And uh, now it's we're, we're in the holidays. The regular season is almost over. Christmas is coming right up quickly. So we're in the thick of it. You the can, season's uh, winding down. You're ready are now being turned into holiday-themed radio stations. Exactly. My household is being converted to a holiday radio station. So. You have no idea the amount of glitter we have all around this place from the trees and decorations, so I feel your pain, my friend. All right. Well, thank you very much, Nick. Have fun. It was lovely chatting, and uh, good luck. I'll even say good luck, even though I bet against you. Uh, thank you for your sportsmanship. No problem. <laughs> Bye, everybody! Bye. Later. There you go. All right. Another strong one in the uh, books. Yeah, I think it is good. Well, thank you for your time, sir. Of course. Happy Thanksgiving. What a blast. Excellent. Yeah. Signing off. How's it feel? What a time. Right? It's really pretty fun. Isn't it?